to season two of the Made for This podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad that you joined us today, and I'm so excited to launch a second season of amazing stories and testimonies. I believe that each of you are created uniquely and for a purpose, and on this show, I talk with individuals that I believe are living out their God-given purpose right in the place where they're at. My hope is that wherever life has you, whether you're in the workforce, raising young people, or both, whether you're married or single, full nest, empty nest, whatever your particular circumstances, I hope that in listening to these conversations that you will feel inspired to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. Be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And while you're there, if you would be so kind as to leave a review or a comment, I would sincerely appreciate that. Because by doing so, you're helping me spread the word about the podcast so that these inspiring stories are able to be shared with even more people. I want as many people as possible to hear what can happen when ordinary people live ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. Today, I am so excited I have the privilege of introducing you to my dear friends, Justin Skizik and Patrick Gray. In today's conversation, we talk about their lifelong friendship, their inspiring and hope-filled 500-mile journey across Spain, and the book that they wrote about that experience called I'll Push You, as well as the legacy that they want to leave their children with all of the work that they're doing. And you'll also get to hear about their upcoming film release, also titled I'll Push You, which will be releasing in theaters for one night only on November 2nd. And the best part is you're all invited, which we will talk about more in the episode. Speaking of their book, I'm so excited to announce that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering all of you listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. And all you have to do to take advantage of this great deal is head on over to audibletrial.com slash made for this. Audible offers over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, including an audio version of Justin and Patrick's book, I'll Push You, which we'll talk about more later on the show as well. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. I know you will love it so much. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my dear friends, Justin Skizik and Patrick Gray. Well, hello, and welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. I'm so excited you took time out of your busy schedule. Welcome, Justin hey. and Patrick. Good to be here. Thanks, Jules. So, and, and really, I feel like you've arrived. I mean, you know, today's show, 10,000-person Willow Creek, um, Meredith Vieira show, and now the Julie Turner Made for This podcast. The best it's, of all. Yep. Right? We, Write it down. You finally let us come on. <laughs> right? What's been the holdup? <laughs> Write it down the day that you arrived, officially, right here, right now, in my kitchen. This is the best. So, welcome. I can't wait to let everybody know about you and your story and all of the things that are happening in your in your world. Let's just talk a little bit about who you are first. Justin, would you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Justin Skizik. I'm 42 years old. I'm married to an amazing woman, Kirsten, and I have three very independent children, Jaden, Noah, and Lauren, 14, yeah. 12, and 8. Oh my goodness. And, and a pug dog. Right. Luca. <laughs> yes. Very Who's important. a few marbles short of a full pouch, as I like to describe him. But <laughs> I think he might have half the marbles. <laughs> half the marbles. But, he, but he's a good dog. He's a good dog. That's awesome. Very good. And Patrick, tell us a little bit about yeah. you. Well, I, I am Patrick Gray, and I'm married to Donna Gray, who is just an amazing woman. And I have three children. 
uh, ages 12, 8, and 7, and girl, boy, girl, Cambria, Joshua, and Olivia, and they are just the best little inquisitive nerds that I could have hoped for. That's fantastic. Yes, <laughs> you all have fantastic children. I absolutely love them, and great wives, and so for everybody listening, history with the three of us, so Patrick, you and I have played music together forever, Jeez, and years? ever. Really? Right? I don't Maybe like to 15 years. remind Maybe. ourselves of how old we are, but yes, it really probably has been that long. Close. And then through that, we became sort of like all of us, like family friends. Yeah. And yeah. then you and Justin are best friends, so then of course when you guys moved up here, we all get to hang out and... I yeah. just love that. And I get to feed you and you get to break all my stuff. And I've only broken three things. <laughs> <laughs> they just happen to be two of them very valuable, valuable <laughs> irreplaceable things. You target the important things, yes. I feel. The sentimental He just wants you to things. feel special. Yeah. From salt, <laughs> salt shaker from Italy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a, a wedding, a wedding item, gift. I feel. Mm. <laughs> yep. You're, you're not resentful or anything. Yeah, if you're, oh, listening, no. yeah, if you're <laughs> listening, do not invite me no over to your house. No hard feelings. He just gets plastic cups. If you invite him over, plastic yes, is the way to cups. go with yep. Patrick. So, and then for you guys, <laughs> give our listeners a little context of how you became best buds from the day one. We're born in the same town, same hospital, about 36 hours apart. And we don't have memories where we're not in each other's lives. So that's kind of a weird foundation. I think not a lot of people have that. And so uh, we've just been blessed with a friendship that has evolved through childhood into middle school, high school, college, and beyond. And What are we called? Middle adults now? Middle adults? I don't know. <laughs> I think we're actually officially in midlife. Which <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that kind yeah. of makes me scared. <laughs> right? We don't want to say that. I'm, we don't want I'm, to say that we're halfway done. <laughs> I, I know. We're, we're halfway there. It's like... <gasps> But the second half is always best, right? Halfway lived. Sure. Yes. The best is yet to come, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> and so what was it like growing up together? Because you're, I mean, I love your friendship now, but what oh, were geez. some like highlights of those early years? Did you have crazy, did you get yourself in lots of trouble? Uh, did you? <laughs> we should have been in a lot of trouble. We, we didn't we get, should've. yeah, we didn't get as much trouble as we should have. We were overall good kids. We were good kids. Yeah. I mean, very curious. Know, yeah. Just a lot of, I wonder if I can do that kind of scenarios that went awry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did all sorts of stuff, and we'd, it'd take way too long to be able to explain right. all of the shenanigans we've gotten into. But mm-hmm. we've had, you know, we were skate, you know, the Tony Hawk era of skateboarding in the late 80s. Yeah, that was uh, 89. Yeah, we, we, were, we were skate rats. We were, right. yeah. we were the world's worst skateboarders. <laughs> I don't know. I think the people that were worse in than us. They were great. <laughs> but we, we did build, build a quarter pipe that I, I could actually do a hand plan on that thing. Yeah. Oh. That, was, that was my one trick. Wow. And, uh, but then we had a, the cool ramp for about two weeks. Then Ben Rowe built a half pipe in his backyard. And, yeah. and that was it. Yep. Oh. Our quarter pipe was... So, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Before we move on, favorite childhood memory then together. I mean, it's just so fun. Together? To, you, well, because oh, you've man. known each other forever, and there's not a lot of people out there that can say they have a, an yeah. actual lifelong friendship. So do you have right. a, a highlight I'll, of... I'll share two of mine, just kind of stupid fun moments. One was uh, just a, it's a fun story, but we were having a snowball throwing contest. And That's what was, I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> we're at Justin's house with our buddy Greg. We're trying to hit a snowball or hit a, a mailbox across the street. And it was a matter of like a few throws. We hit the mailbox. And so we moved to a mailbox that's further down the street. Too easy. That one. Too, easy. too easy. Yeah. yeah. So then we picked Mr. Uh, Smith's Basketball backboard. Yeah. Backboard. Yeah. In his driveway. <laughs> and I just make a big old ice ball and I lob it over there and I, I overthrow it by, I don't know, I, mean, I probably, it was probably three feet above the backboard and just 
thundering slam into his garage door. Oh my gosh! And we're like, so "There's a new target." Home, he has There's now a new target. Had the yeah. pants so now it's off him because it's the crash. Probably yeah, but, but we're not thinking that. Th- we're guys. <laughs> we're we're not don't think that. down the road. <laughs> yeah, we're not thinking that. So we have a big white spot on his brown garage door, and now we're trying to hit the white spot. And oh my god! It's gosh. probably twelve throws through before <laughs> Mr. Smith comes. Flying out of his house. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and I'm like, we're aiming for your backboard. You know? I, think, I actually think Greg said that. Or no, we're having a snowball throwing contest. He's like, what? You're not even close. Like, we weren't aiming for the backboard. We were aiming for your garage. That's oh what Greg said. <laughs> or maybe I said that. I don't remember who said it at that point. And, and I'm like, uh, stay with the backboard story. That's better. Yeah, we should <laughs> have. We should have. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He was so angry. Oh. Yeah. yeah. He's a guy that, um, he, yeah, he just, he, I, I tortured him in, in middle school. He was my math teacher, and I would uh, put my pencil on my desk after tests. I was finished stuff early or whatever, and it would, you know, they're shaped like a hexagon. And so, roll down the slanted desk, and I'd be right. bored, and I would do that. And one time he came over, and he snapped my pencil in half and handed it back to me, and he walked away, and I put him on the desk at different times, so it was no rolling down way. the desk. Oh my god. And then he told me I need to go see my dad, who was also a math teacher. That was not a us story. The other one is Pixie Sticks. Oh wow. We, we built our half pipe or a quarter pipe. And then we skated down to the store with our money and got a bunch of candy and we had a bunch of Pixie Sticks in this bag. And we decided that it might be a good idea. Sugar to, in a straw, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Try and snort them. Oh so no. we snorted Pixie Sticks. That resulted in I, I don't pink. Re- I yeah. don't recommend it. <laughs> that was a whole new kind of burn. Yeah, there was a there was pink and oh, blue no. snot just oh, no. pouring out as we laughed and cried at the same time. So oh, lesson gosh. learned there is don't ever snort pixie sticks. Not that you should ever have really to tell or anything anybody that, or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, but just yeah. just no. no. Yeah, That's... sorry. How about you? What are some memories for you? I'd probably say one of my favorite memories was I don't know what it was homecoming or prom or hmm. homecoming. It's a homecoming. It's homecoming. We had our dates, and let's just say we went on a double date, and it did not end well for both of us. It it just went downhill. I mean, both of our dates ended up going with somebody else at the at the yeah. dance, no, both and of like, them? Di- my, oh yeah, my mine was making out with this guy. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I got we got ditched. We got used so, for dinner. We got <laughs> used used for dinner. That's what it was. And oh, and oh. by the end of the night, it was Patrick and I slow dancing on the floor. No, it was well, of course it was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I would have loved to have seen all of those moments. That's so great. And so fast forward now, because we want to kind of keep this condensed for our hour time that we sure. have together. So you had some pretty remarkable life events happen as you were growing up that have sort of put you on this trajectory to where you are now. So why not, if you could just give our listeners a little context of kind of what's been going on, Justin, with your health and what then has that all led to where this <laughs> yeah. big adventure that you're yeah. on now. So. Yeah, so for those who are not familiar with with us, a little context. I have a progressive neuromuscular disease, and it was triggered by a car accident I was in when I was um, just about 16 years old. And in a nutshell, it's, it's, it's very similar to ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, and my autoimmune system attacks my nervous system, and then my nervous system shuts down, uh, meaning my motor nerves. So your nervous system has two parts to it. There's the sensory and the motor part of it. And so I can feel everything from head to toe. It's just my muscles, my body just attacks itself and my muscles don't work anymore. And it started with my left foot and kind of worked its way up my legs. And now I'm at the point where I'm kind of like a a high functioning quad 
mm. like a quadriplegic where my arms, like, you know, I'm in a power wheelchair. I can't really feed myself, get my clothes on, go to the bathroom, do all that type, you know, the daily care things. And so it makes life a little challenging, but you know what? It still hasn't defined kind of who I am and, and what I kind of want to get out of life. Right. So it makes things different, but it doesn't stop me from necessarily doing what I want to do. Um, I just have to do it differently. And I have to let a lot of people in to my, my own personal journey. And, you know, Patrick is my, I describe him as the vice president of my inner circle. You know, whenever we travel or, you know, he comes and stays with me, if, if we need to give my wife a break, he's there to help me in the bathroom and do all that type of things that normal, I guess, best friends don't do. Right. So, um, you know, he, he stepped in and been in that role for quite some time now. And, you know, now it's just kind of normal, part of life. Right. Yeah. Part of life. Yeah. It's not yeah. normal, but it's still right. just a part of life. It's, right. our, it's our normal, though. It's our normal. I mean, what, yeah. what is normal? What yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what is the length of time between when you first had the problem start in your foot to when you were no longer able to use your hands? How long was that? Uh, 19 years. 19, yeah, 19 years. Yeah, 19 so it's a very slow-moving disease, uh, whereas... Um, ALS is, it's very quick, mm-hmm. you know, it's a four, maybe six year lifespan, uh, less sometimes it depends, but mine is, is similar in pattern and, and, and nature to ALS, but it's just, it takes a lot longer. Okay. So it's just very, very slow over time. Right. And in it, how it works is I, I plateau for a while and then I just, the muscles, wherever it's going next, um, and it kind of jumps all around. So wherever it's going next, it just kind of stops working and... Once it's gone, it's gone. And so, Patrick, here's mm-hmm. this is your best buddy that you were snorting pixie sticks with and throwing <laughs> ice balls at garages with and running all over your small town. How was this for you watching this take place in your best friend? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, initially it was it was not a big deal, and that sounds weird to say out loud, but we, we had no perspective on where this disease was going to go. You know, and it was just his left foot. Justin handled it with you know, just a grace, you know, as much grace as a high school kid can. And even in college when he had to give up playing tennis and, you know, and, and, and running eventually, he still just kept plowing ahead with what he could do as opposed to focusing on what he couldn't do. And so as long as the disease stayed at waist and below, even when he was in a manual wheelchair, he just, he was able to provide for his family, do his artwork. It was hard, but it wasn't, it never seemed insurmountable. But in 2010, when Justin lost his hands, that's when it, it just hit me a lot harder because as a graphic designer, now suddenly he can't design the way he could before. You know, what took 40 hours now takes 80. And now he can't hold his kids. He can't hold his wife's hand. He can't wrestle with his boys. There's so many things that are suddenly just gone that, mm-hmm. that he was able to, to navigate in spite of not being able to use his, his lower body. And so that was a point in time where it it was really really hard. I got, I had a pretty angry period in my life where I, I just saw God as a God who had failed my friend as opposed to a God who provides or a God who loves. He was just he was just a failure in my mind. Um, I never stopped praying for healing. I never stopped praying for intervention on my friend's behalf, but it never came. So yeah, it was that was hard. It was hard. It was hard to get out of that that mentality. Yeah. And Justin, you're one of the most resilient people that I know, honestly. You and your wife are just so strong and so, all right, we're going to take on the next thing, whatever it is, and we're going to keep a good attitude. But you said you yourself had 
some of those dark, or you went to that dark place at yeah. one point along the journey. What what was going on with you that that kind of threatened your optimism and took a swing at your hope and all of the things that are so a part of who you are? What led you down to where you felt like you were staring down that dark hole, as you say? Yeah, you know, I think it was a sequence of events, and and, and it finally just came to a head. Um, you know, Patrick said when I wasn't able to run anymore, which. I remember those moments. I mean, I mean, I remember them very clearly. Just not being able to 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 run anymore, not to be able to drive my car anymore, and and I think when you start stacking all of that on top of one another over a course of years, it just kind of slowly builds. And still trying to keep positive through all that, but it just you know it's just like one more. Feel like I'm just getting beat with a bat, you know, and. When in 2010, when my arms went, my arms went really quickly, as opposed to my legs, you know, which took years. And in my in the winter of 2010, right in like January that year is when my arms I started noticing twitching in my upper right shoulder, and within like 40 days or so, I'd lost a lot, like 60 to 70 percent. So when I hit that moment, where a lot of things changed all at one time, a lot. Meaning I had to move to a power wheelchair mm-hmm. and that mean that means like house modifications and doing stuff like that. Bathroom, car, transportation, you know, um, how do I, you know, I couldn't get my clothes on anymore. I've had to have neighbors come over and help pull up my pants before. Very humbling experiences. Then, you know, now Kirsten is, is now jumping into the role of basically I'm like a baby again. I mean, it's, you know, I have to be helped in all aspects of life. So She's not only a mother to our children and working as a nurse and caring for vets at the VA. I mean, it's just like all of it hit all at one time. And I found myself just in a spot where it's hard to explain it. But up until that point, I, you know, I could always kind of see through the clouds and see through the forest. But that time, I just I couldn't see my way out. And, you know, you really start kind of going down a path where it's not fun. It's not a fun path to go down and you're de- and you're dealing with thoughts of um, you know I had thoughts of suicide if the, I and the reason why I was thinking that was you know what like why would I want to put this on my wife and my kids for the rest of their life? You know having to care for me and it's it's a, it's an immense amount of work and it the disease impacts most people don't understand that a disease like what I have impacts everyone around me. Everyone and everyone who I come in contact with, even you to a certain degree, you know, like you and Michael, your husband, have stepped in and helped. And, and it's, you don't really wish that upon anybody else. You don't wish to be a, I guess, a quote unquote burden upon somebody else. So I had to do a lot of soul searching and it took me a while to kind of get through it. But having a Christian background or a faith background, um, I, I mean, I leaned on that. Like I've never leaned on it before. I've prayed like I've never prayed before. Had lots of chats with Pat about it. You know, Kirsten talking with her about it, and just having people kind of surround me and, and pick me up and say, you know what, um, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through it together. And and kind of slowly but surely, you start seeing your way through the clouds again. Yeah. And I just try to focus on what I'm grateful for, what I can do still, what um, I have in my life. And, you know, today the sun's out and I got air in my lungs and I'm going to take it. So 
Well, and it's just so unfortunate when we're in those places that we can create a narrative that isn't even necessarily everyone else's narrative. I would, I, like, even when you just brought us up, I'm like, wait, what have we done? Because, you know, we don't, we, I would never for one millisecond have I ever thought of any part of your condition as a burden in any way, shape, or form. Like, we're crazy about you, and we love yeah. to just be with you and do whatever mm-hmm. we need to do. And you have felt the same thing, Patrick, as far as... You, it's your friend. You're, mm-hmm. Of course, you're going to step up and do what you need to do. But in your mind, it was a big burden on people. That... Yeah. And I hear that a lot from other people that are dealing with conditions, um, either similar to mine or in, in hard spots, is that nobody ever wants to be, I guess, feel like a burden or want to be like a burden. Um, but what I found is, you know, like what you just said, people are so willing to step in and say, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to go through this together and I'm, I'm going to love you through this and we're going to do it. And even though there's been like little things that it just adds up from everyone and it's truly remarkable when you look at it from that lens because it was a, it was a mind shift for me as well because I had to look at the world around me and go, okay, I can't, I know I can't do this alone and I'm going to need people in my life to help mm-hmm. carry me through this. Yeah. And my wife, I can never put that just solely on my wife. That's not fair. It's not fair to her and it's not fair to my kids. And I said, okay, all right, here we go. You know, yeah. and, and I've had to let my pride go a lot. I've had to let, you know, like it's humbling to have your best friend wipe your backside in the bath, in the bathroom. Very humbling. Right. But we laughed a lot. <laughs> Thanks for some great inside, inside jokes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I want to come back to kind of your faith journey through that because you sure. mentioned some things. But before we do that, just for because we all have our stuff. I tell that to my kids all the time. Everybody has something. Mm-hmm. And the degree to which that plays out may vary and the details may vary, but everybody's got something because this world's not – this isn't our true home. We're, we're in an imperfect mm-hmm world and we Mm -hmm. all have suffering and we all have hurt and loss. What advice would you have for anybody that may feel like I am staring down that big dark hole right now? How would you speak to them on the edge of that place? I would say just focus on what you're grateful for in life. And it's so easy to focus on I don't have this XYZ or or it's life is this way. It's 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 happening to me. I've been there, I know what it's like. So I would say just focusing on just look in your look in your own life and go okay what do I have and what am I grateful for and just be and it's not just a one time I'm grateful for this I thank God every day for the people in my life mm-hmm. I start off my day that way and I wake up and I go okay you know sun's out I'm grateful for that you know I'm grateful for my wife bringing me coffee every morning because she does it so just because she loves me and be able to work with my best friend and be able to do what we get to do. You know, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the roof over my head and provision. So No, that's so good. Just focusing yeah. on that. And then for you, you mentioned that you had it kind of skewed your view of God for a while mm-hmm. because you felt like he was not the God who was providing or answering or healing or, you know, these expectations mm-hmm. that you were putting on him. How did how did you work through that in your relationship with God? You know, that it's interesting that I, the the switch for me was was like one moment in time, actually, which I don't feel like that usually happens, at least to me, where there's a, a specific moment where there's a pinnacle shift in your thinking. But uh, Justin and Kirsten, about two years after Justin had lost his use of his hands, his arms, he, his wife, and their three kids were up from San Diego. They were living in San Diego at the time. 
of visiting us here in Idaho. We had the church service, and so after the church service, the ten of us, you know, uh, my wife and three kids and the five of the Skizics were all together, and and Justin was having a conversation with uh, one of the pastors, and the pastor took him aside, and in this conversation, it's, it's kind of, it's one of those conversations that's intense. It's not like there's there's no anger. It's just there's a there's a passion or a, something of, of just of importance going on mm-hmm. in that conversation, and I could tell. And I always joke that I, I did what a, any good family would do is I eavesdrop. So I was oh, curious what's happening. Yes. <laughs> yeah, kind of work my way over and lean in. But um, but I'm so real glad subtle. I did. Yeah, real subtle, right? <laughs> but that all happened, I think, for a reason because the the, the question that I heard was. You know, Justin, if you could have your hands and feet back, would you choose it? And, you know, I, I mean, in that moment in time, I'm thinking, that's a stupid question. Why would you ask that? Of course. Like, it's the dumbest question you could possibly ask. But it wasn't. Because Justin's response was, no, I wouldn't choose that. And that's, it was like in that moment where I had been praying a prayer that Justin wasn't praying. I had been fighting a fight. He wasn't fighting. And that was a huge mental shift for me where I realized... I think I, it was the first point in time where I truly embraced the fact that a lot of times the miracles in life are not these divine intervention of healing or, or just something falling out of the sky into your lap kind of thing. It's living life, encountering the struggles of life, especially like an, an unknown illness with a, 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 an unknown outcome in life with grace and dignity. That's, mm-hmm. that's a miracle. People facing death without fear is a miracle. And through all that time, those two years, I'd wasted a lot of energy in praying for something Justin didn't need. He needed hands and feet. He was okay with, with where God has taken him at that point. And he was completely okay with it. He just wanted people to step in and augment him where he was weak so he could do the same for others. And that's really what we're called to do anyway. And it, yeah. was, it was a beautiful moment where it's like, okay, God, I got it. You know, thank you for... Thank you for slapping me across the face and waking me up because in a weird way, I actually made it about me. And that wasn't my intent, but that's what I had done. And wow. I was praying a selfish prayer. Well, and then just the amazing things that have come after you had both worked through some of those darker places. I mean, where you're at now is just incredible to me how, how God has used a difficult, challenging situation that could have been overwhelming to launch this hope-filled endeavor that you guys are on right now. So let's <laughs> yeah. talk about how just yeah. a Saturday morning changed your life forever. <laughs> or yeah, whenever you know, it was that you were watching so, your TV yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, so in, you know, in the spring of 2012, I found myself, I was living in San Diego and just watching TV. And, you know, Pat was saying, sometimes you just have those one moments that change the course of your life. And little did I know what that day was going to do in the course of not only my life, but our lives and our family's lives. So I was just watching PBS and Rick Steves from uh, Rick Steves Europe. He's a kind of a travel guy on PBS. And um, and I was just watching this episode and it was on Northern Spain. It was Pamplona, kind of running of the bulls. What's the fiesta, festival of San Fermin? I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called. And uh, this pilgrimage across Northern Spain called the Camino de Santiago. And I was like, hmm, okay, sounds interesting. And in as I watched the episode, it just, I just knew, like I just knew in my heart, my soul, my mind, like almost everything just aligned. And I just had this calling inside of me just saying, you need to do this. You need to do it. 
And, you know, it scared the crap out of me, to be honest with you, because I'm not a, I'm not a crazy hiker. I mean, I'm in a power wheelchair. I don't do these types of things. And so I called Kirsten in from the other room and I showed her part of the episode. And man, she said, if you want to go do it, you know, go do it. And I love that about you know, her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always joke that she either she was, you know, really supportive or looking to kick me out of the house for a month, <laughs> you know, get a good break for me or something. But either way, but, win-win. <laughs> she, you know, one Aww. less person for her to take care of. Oh, but uh, no, no, I mean, uh, but she overall, she just was very supportive. And then Patrick was visiting me a couple weeks later. He had scheduled to come down with his family, and uh, I recorded this episode, showed it to him, and I remember we were very clearly just sitting in my living room, quiet, just quiet. We didn't really talk to each other. And after we're done, I just, after the episode ended, I just said, um, so do you want to go across 500 miles of Northern Spain with just, me? And he just said, no big deal. yeah. <laughs> and without hesitation, he said, yeah, I'll push you. That's oh what he Lord, said. That's amazing. And little did we know that that moment, that day would change the course of our lives forever. Yeah. I love everything about that. I love that you asked it because that's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. do you want to go with me across town or do you want to go with me across Spain? I mean, this is like a big ask, right? It's just, and I love that you asked him and I love that you didn't even have to hesitate. You mm-hmm. just, it was just, well, of course. Yeah, there's, no, there's no other response that was in my head. Like, yeah. You know, what's, know what's interesting is I've heard a lot of people ask, say that, you know, it's a big ask. It's a big ask. No, it's not a big ask. At least I don't, I didn't think it was. It was just a trip that you were going to do together. That's I didn't saw it. That's how we saw it. It wasn't like I'm going, oh my gosh, this is, I'm going to put him through the most crazy emotional, physical, spiritual exertion that I could ask a best friend. I don't even mean so much. Never never even crossed our minds. It was more just like, let's do it. Let's do it together. That was it. But even just. Yeah. I, I, maybe it's because I don't ask for many things, but I don't, I, I just, <laughs> if I was to say to a friend, do you want to even just go travel for a month? I feel like that's kind of a big ask because you're, uh, you know, you're just taking off for an entire month. <laughs> yeah. I just love that you did that. I love, I love that about you because it's so inspiring because you're like, well, why wouldn't I do that? Why not? Of course yeah. we should do that. And just taking life Let's do it. as it comes. Yes. Yeah. I love that about you. And I don't always have that same whimsy, I guess, to just go try these things. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love everything about that. So then, because we don't have, I mean, this, this interview could last so long and it would just be the best thing ever, but we only have our little hour here. So you then start preparing for mm-hmm. a very big adventure in Spain together. Yes. And so what did that look like? And how did you train for that? How did you even know how to start on that yeah. path? We did a lot of research on what the trail was like, trying to figure out just the terrain and what what kind of obstacles were actually in front of us. And so I actually trained for a year in preparation for this. Spent twice a day, six days a week for nine months in the gym or on my bike or just trying to get my, my endurance up because I knew that there was no way I would be able to, to, to do this on my own if I wasn't, uh, wasn't in the best shape of my life. And I mean, it turns out there was no way I could do it on my own anyway. But then once the justice chair showed up, we had a specialized chair made for the trip. It showed my up, three-wheeled baby yeah. jogger on steroids. <laughs> Air, aircraft <laughs> aluminum. Uh, that's what I just Yeah, an aircraft aluminum baby jogger. Uh, showed up in March, and we trained for th- about three months on that, just out on roads and eventually trails and getting as much elevation gain and loss underneath us just to get used to using this chair together. And that was the physical part. And while I was doing that, Justin was doing a lot of research, set up a Facebook page to raise awareness around this crazy journey that had turned into a potential film that was never in the 
in the cards. Well, I love that story. <laughs> yeah, you know? Tell about that, how that even came about. Because like you said, in your minds, this is just, we're taking oh, a yeah. trip together. We're just going to embrace life and go on this trip. How did you end up with the film crew? With that you? that was crazy. That was actually uh, happened just just uh, just a few days more than a year before we left. I, I was at a barbecue for work. My boss is there. All our friends are there, or our coworkers with their kids. We're just hanging out, eating good food, and trying to escape the stresses of of work at, at the hospital where I was working at the time. And I took my boss aside, and I just told him, I said, "Hey, I need a, I need six weeks off next summer. You know, can I can I put my request in now? Right. Basically, you know, as we're." At a barbecue, and he's <laughs> blindsided. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I still remember when I asked the question, his head kind of whipped at me like, yeah, what are you asking? And he asked, like, why do you need six weeks off all at once? And I explained to him what Justin, you know, had uh, had proposed and our idea that we had for this this trip. And he got really excited after that. And uh, he, uh, he said, I'll do everything in my power to give you the time off, to get you your six weeks, as long as you guys promise me you'll do everything in your power to document it on film. And when I asked him why, because I thought that we had not even even remotely thought about filming this thing. Yeah. He said, if you don't, you're selfish and you're irresponsible. I love that. And I was like, that feels a little harsh, yeah. but okay. He said, there's too much hope not to share it. Aww. And that started a, a cascade of events. Justin reached out to a buddy of his in uh, San Diego. They wound up being the film crew and... It, it, it just kind of fell. It, it fell together. Too many coincidences to be to be coincidental. It's just like God ordained this. Yeah, all it took these a pieces, lot of work. A lot of work, but yeah. the pieces fell in place very rapidly. That's amazing. Yeah. I love. Later. Just as we all, and especially on a podcast called Made for This, when we we can think in our minds, doing what we're made to do is some gigantic thing at all minutes of all the days. But here is your boss who is releasing you, number one. I mean, mm-hmm. he had to think of this from, it, that impacted him as an employer. Mm-hmm. He's losing one of his employees for six weeks. But then to say, like, he he launched something that mm-hmm. has now taken off and done more than you would have ever thought could have yeah. ever happened. Right. Because he chose to say in that moment, this in recognizing you, yeah. this is too much hope yeah. to not share. And then from that place came so many things. Hey everyone, okay, we're gonna get right back to my conversation with Justin and Patrick, but I wanted to take a minute to remind you again of the incredible offer Audible has for all of you listeners of the Made For This podcast. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I would like to personally recommend that you go download your free copy of I'll Push You, which is narrated by Justin and Patrick themselves. How fun is that? Their book is incredible and will have you laughing one minute and crying the next. It is the very best. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash made for this. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash made for this for your free audiobook. Thanks everyone. And now we'll get right back to my conversation with Justin and Patrick. So you end oh up gosh. in Spain with a yeah. documentary crew. Yeah. And Very skeleton Tell us crew. about that. Right. <laughs> yes. But but they're there filming. and Yeah, they're there filming. Yeah. And so their job was to just follow you, film. Yeah. So there, you know, we had our, our skeleton crew consisted of Mike and Jasper, who are videographers, and Robin, who was a PA, our production assistant. He, he came down from Paris. He's French-Bosnian. So, but speaks Bosnian, French, Spanish, and English, like fluently. So it's pretty crazy. And then our director, Terry, who came with us. So four crew. And their job was 
just to be flies on the wall. The only, so they couldn't help, they couldn't do anything except just document it and follow us along the way as best as they could. And their only rule was if it was like imminent death, I was like going off a cliff or something like that, they could help. But other than that, they just had to just watch it all unfold. And it was one of those kind of those things where after the first like what, maybe two hours of us starting in St. John going up the Pyrenees because we had to go to the Pyrenees the first day. Right. We didn't even wreck. I mean, we didn't, we're so focused on what we're doing. Right. Even forget that they were there. Yeah. Yeah. And just hope you don't say something stupid on camera. Uh, which we yeah. did. Which we, we did. probably did. Yeah. They, uh, they wound up helping in a few spots. Just, I mean, one, we needed their help, you know, in some, some pretty difficult logistical situations, especially um, Robin with his the Spanish. And then uh, there was some times later in the, the journey where, I mean, even though they're the, the guys that are filming, we formed a brotherhood. And there were just some moments where they just wanted to step in and just, just be a be a part of the team as far as pushing as opposed to just filming. Oh, and those yeah. are some pretty cool. They, they aren't caught on film, but there were some pretty cool intimate moments with these guys that are just yeah, just amazing. Yeah. Like Jasper was so excited. The day before cool. he left, he was like, can I push you? He's oh. like, yeah, man, come on in. in. So he stepped in. He was so happy. He's like, I've been waiting for like three <laughs> weeks to do this. <laughs> oh, that's the yeah. best. Cool. Good so guys. A lot of yeah. just good, good guys. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you start on this amazing journey and you're the as far as you know still to this day you are the first person that has ever done the entire thing in a wheelchair is that correct yeah that's what we know yeah 500 miles yeah probably in large part due to the first part of your journey over the Pyrenees so (laughs) let's talk about that what was that's just I mean you are all in at that point yeah all in that is a a day where I would say I remember a lot of things about that day The, 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 the the there's the beautiful moments of just meeting different people just really, really cool stuff. But what I remember most is that's the only time in my life where, like, you, you, you know when you're working out and you're, you're pushing yourself just a little bit harder and you get that burn in your muscles? Well, it's been a while, right? but... but <laughs> you know, like... like, like I remember. Like, like back, on a long run. Back in the day. Like on a long run or you're doing sprints <laughs> and your hamstrings or your glutes or your, your quads are burning just for a little bit. I felt burning in my, like every muscle I have in my body for about six hours straight. Oh gosh. Oh no. Dude, yeah. And it was, it was oh. crazy. Just copious amounts of water, tons of food, just trying to stay fueled and hydrated. And I've never been so depleted in my life. There's times where, I mean, you're shaking because you know, your blood sugar is so low. You're pounding a protein bar, just trying to just but keep adrenaline's going. adrenaline's just driving us. Yeah, yeah. Adrenaline's going. And then all of a sudden you'll get a surge of, of, of strength that you know is not natural right yeah. <laughs> yeah but you got to have it keep going yeah. yeah and you had your buddy ted there ted was there ted, was, ted came with us oh, amazing ted yeah. yeah there's no way we would be able to make it without him no so, ted's a beast yeah ted ted um hardy's a friend i'm i met ted through patrick because mm-hmm. he used to work with yeah. amy ted's wife yeah and, and kind of be friends um yeah. as soon as i met ted it was like instant good dude. instant friends he's he's a good dude yeah. and he just yeah he jumped in and said i'll help you guys get over the pyrenees and help for the first couple of days and then he had to yeah. come home so it's great um, having him he's a firefighter and paramedic so he's yeah. having a little bit of medical training along the yeah the journey well and he's tough he's i mean he's, he's a tough, tough, tough dude, dude. Yeah. tough dude yeah. and um yeah and it it was I mean, <laughs> I remember that day too because it was my wheelchair, my three-wheeled baby jogger on right. steroids. It weighs two hundred and fifty pounds with me in it, wow. and the weight of the chair and gear and stuff like that we had to carry. So it's not light. I mean, going up a mountain, 
17 miles the first day. Yeah. yeah. And there's you commit. So yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no like stopping and resting for three days or whatever. Like you go. Yeah. So um, that's, you know, we did it one day. It took us 13 and a half hours yeah. the first day. I guess, and maybe it is because this podcast is called Made for This, but again, all of the pieces that, that were used here to make this happen. You have mm-hmm. even Rick Steves just right. having his show on the Camino launch yeah. this thing in you and your optimism saying, hey, we got this. You, your quick response to your friend, we got this. And then your Ted boss. Saying, Ted saying, yeah, I'm yeah, here. You know, your boss yeah. saying, film it. Yes, go and film it. And then Ted saying, hey, I think I'd like to join you guys. I mean, he sought you out. You didn't have to ask him, He, he right? He wanted yeah. to be a part. He wanted to help. And yeah. Then we asked him to join us, yeah. Yeah, and, and all of these different people had this what ended up being a gigantic role at the end of the day everybody Mm -hmm. working together in their in their strengths and it's so exciting to me just as we (laughs) think through our every day we just don't know our little acts of kindness big and small or our little responses to whatever promptings we have inside of us could Mm -hmm. launch something far greater than we could ever even know by just being present definitely i think it all comes back to just relationship and community i mean we're we're made for community. We're made for relationship. We're made to engage in, in, in one another's lives. And when we do that, or other people do that for us, that's when the doors open for all kinds of things, big and small. But, I mean, I had an amazing relationship with my boss. If I hadn't had that relationship with him, if he hadn't invested me as a, basically a mentee, he was one of my mentors, and so he just kind of coached me up in so many things, I don't know if he would have proposed that idea. There's so many things we can trace back to just a cool, raw, intimate, powerful relationship with someone that led to every facet of this. Ted's a prime example. Yeah. You know, if we hadn't had the relationship with Ted, he wouldn't have felt the call to help in some way. We wouldn't have asked him to come. And it all comes back to that. Yeah. Well, and then it just kept going. So you're yeah. on this journey and, and people rallied around you in ways that you never would have even expected. So as yeah. we continue to just go with that theme of... right people entering in community, what were some of the highlights that you got to experience oh, from oh. that 500 miles? There's so many, there's so many. I think that the, probably the, the, the most, most significant was uh, close to the end of the journey, Osobrero. Yeah. Just, it was a day where it's, it's the second most difficult climb, second to the Pyrenees. And for some people say it's more difficult than the Pyrenees. Not as long of a day as far as the, the climb up the mountain, but it's just steep, steep, rocky trail. And it was a day that <laughs> there's no way we could have gotten up it um, without the help of, of so many people. And long story short there, we had a total of, of, of 17 friends and strangers come together and literally carry Justin up the mountain. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, so carry him. Yeah. And that was a day where I, I did probably the least amount of work I did on the entire journey. Is that the day that you had, you were facing your injury in your calf? Or was uh, that the, different... I was hurting. I was yeah. hurting then for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, people just stepped in and to do what I couldn't do. And it was, it was a pretty cool lesson for me where, I mean, Justin had, had, has displayed so much vulnerability and letting so much go. And I had this idea that I was going to do this whole thing. Yeah. Not on my own, but on my own, if that makes sense. Right. And it took, it took a bunch of people doing what I clearly could not do to teach me a lesson that you know what life is not about what you can do on your own. And it's we about all what need you can help. Do. We yeah. all need help. Yeah. And it, 
obstacles are, are meant to be overcome, but you can only overcome them with uh, love, grace, and strength of others. Yeah. And I'll Period. put pictures on the website of them carrying you because it's beautiful to watch it's great, yeah, these it's strangers. Cool. Yeah. Your husband in, and your son were there. And then, and then friends both. That was, yeah. that was Michael and Matthew's first, first day. day. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, you got to climb a mountain today. Right. <laughs> but they were, they were without them. Huge, you know, without, huge help. without them too. You know, yeah. we would have been. Well, I can't, so. I can't think of the days after that when I was hurting so much and Michael and Matthew. They just, stepped in. They just yeah. pushed and pulled. Well, and it was life-changing for them as well. I mean, again, that community, that reciprocal nature of, right. of yeah. the give and take in, in relationship. And, and they, loved, they loved being a part of that. It was life-changing for Matthew. And here he is off at school talking about all these countries he wants to go study right. abroad in or you know, work in. And, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of that came from... Oh, we breeded a monster. <laughs> yeah, right? Just that, hey, but, but it's contagious awesome. that yeah. we've got this and let's go and why not? And yeah, yeah it's, it's incredible. So, so you're, again, we're trying to condense and fast forward, but you go on this journey. People are... What do you think drew the people to the situation in the way that, that it did because they just people just gravitated toward your journey and your adventure and yeah and were eager to help what do you think was the pull there in that you know, setting good i'd probably say it's if i was to look at it i think as humans we're we're made to want to be a part of something greater than ourselves mm-hmm. yeah and i remember seeing all the different people that i've that came alongside to help us even for a split second or for a brief moment, like getting us up a quick hill or whatever it might be, or, you know, staying, staying with us for a week or, or, or longer. They all just, they all just were, ha- were just so willing to step in and literally be my hands and feet mm-hmm. and augment Patrick too, mm-hmm. because, you know, he couldn't do it on, on his own as well. And so it, it's, I don't know. I think just, to become something greater than ourselves, you, you find a sense of purpose in that yeah. in some way. And you may be seeking. You may not find your purpose right away, but it, it's a, another door you can go through mm-hmm. to, to kind of keep finding, okay, how, you know, what could I do in this life mm-hmm. that makes it worth living? Yeah. 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 I need to add to that, too. I mean, you know, people, people are drawn to opportunities to, to help, but in our everyday lives, we're often so uh, distracted or, um, or busy and on the Camino, I mean, we had a big story where, I mean, a wheelchair on the Camino was a huge thing. But there are countless situations where we saw people just stepping in to help others as well. And so you have a group of individuals who have chosen to take this walk, to do this pilgrimage. And when they get there, regardless of what their junk is, their life story, what they're dealing with, all the, the stresses and, and, and the obligations of life are kind of stripped away. And they kind of get back in touch with really I'm created to be in community with people and they start to just see opportunities that they're always there, but they don't, we aren't, we don't always recognize them for what they are. But on the Camino, all those distractions are stripped away. People are just looking at every situation as man, here's, here's a new stranger. They they got blisters. I'm going to help them with their blisters. Uh, This person needs a, you know, they're, they're hungry. I got a protein bar. Here you go. Oh, you know what? I've got extra water. And all those, those things happen because we're not focused on a lot of things that don't matter. And so people stepped in, yes, because, because they saw we had a struggle, but also because they weren't distracted. They stepped in because there wasn't the, uh, the, the things that kind of cloud our vision as to what we can really do for one another. And it's a challenge to do that in everyday life, but when we do, life is so 
much better. Do you feel like that's played out that way for you guys now that you're back home? Do you see the world a little bit different, a little more intentionally? Oh, Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So talk about that. What is that like now, getting up out of bed every day and now that you've seen the power of community and and that looking for ways to help? Right. You know, it's... I mean, we, we, we fall back in old, in old ways time and time again, you know I mean? But, but to have that experience, to have, to be able to look back on those memories and just know, man, there's, there's so much beauty in raw, intimate human connection. We, we kind of hunger for it. It's almost, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, it's kind of a drug, you know? I mean, you, I mean, studies show that when you help and you engage in those kind of situations, endorphins are released. And, you know, I mean, we were made for that. That the chemistry shows that we were made to help one another wow. because our body performs at a different level when we do. Wow. Um, and but our society doesn't doesn't necessarily create environments where that happens a lot. Um, at least it doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And so now when we have the opportunities or people step in and and they're helping us in different ways, it's just it kind of just grounds us back in some of those experiences that we had that remind us, man, okay, every moment of every day is an opportunity to help someone or for someone to help us. And we need to embrace those as a giver and a receiver in order for life to be well lived. And we don't do it all the time, but I would say we do it a lot more than we did before. Yeah. It makes, for me, it makes life much more sweeter Sweeter, is that a word? Much more, more sweeter. More sweet. <laughs> it makes it much sweeter. Yeah. Much sweeter. <laughs> it's funner. It's funner. Yeah. It's gooder. Strategery. It's gooder. So, uh, <laughs> I had to say I was eloquent. Oh. Uh, <laughs> thanks, dude. There's going to be a handful of people that are going to get that SNL joke yeah. out there. Um, it makes life more sweet and more fun. Yeah. You know, um, to be able to have people alongside of you and to live life with and support, you know, and um, support you when you're where you're struggling, and and hopefully you can help support them when they're having their time of need. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's it's a lens that I keep looking through mm-hmm. that has helped shape where we're at now and and the future where we're going. And it takes a lot of faith, it takes a lot of patience, it takes a lot of work, but still fun. Yeah. Well, we're going to tell everybody where they can hear if this just is kind of wet people's appetite for all of the specifics of your journey mm-hmm. that will tell them all the places that they can find more about you and your story. But again, back to the whole theme of the podcast mm-hmm. of made for this, that your lives look like night and day different than what they did a decade ago and what you would have ever yeah. thought that they would look like, right? Yeah. You, I mean, you were, you had your own career paths and your own things that were going different cities. And so for people that are maybe feeling like, they want to take some sort of leap into a new adventure, into a new career path. But there's that, I don't know, and we kind of mm-hmm. feel a little bit safer with mm-hmm. what we know. And then you're, you know, you've, there's, like you said, everybody's affected by our decisions. Mm-hmm. It's not just we don't live in this little isolated bubble where our decisions only affect mm-hmm. us. What, mm-hmm. what encouragement do you have for people that are like, I really think I need to do this, whatever right. thing? Yeah. It's, 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 I think for, for us, it's about passion. You know, if, yeah. if something is your why, if something has been placed yeah. on your heart or you have the desire to do something, really look at, at why it's important, why you want it for your family, why you want it for yourself, why you want it to, you know, for your impact in the world and let that be the, the compass that guides you. And, and if it's something that you're truly passionate about that you feel has to happen, you know, like I am made for this to occur, then you start to look at, 
the how, the pieces you need to put in place. And it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be perfect. But when we, when we start with the how, yeah, I got this idea, but how am I going to make it happen? We get weighed down with the details and the devil's in the details. You, know, you get overwhelmed with, man, I can't make this. It seems overwhelming it enough does, with yeah, all the details exactly. that you don't even start. Yeah. And, so. and, and that's just a, a kind of a backwards way of thinking, in our opinion. Start with why it's important. And if you believe in it so much that it is going to happen come hell or high water, then you start to reverse engineer and think back to, okay, here's my starting point. Here are the pieces I have to have in place. And, and work at it from a digestible approach. You, you can't do it all at once. But if, if you really want it to happen and it's really important to you, you'll figure out a way to do it. Well, and I love that with you guys, you took that first step, mm-hmm. and then the next step, and things just started unfolding before you. Yeah, and, and there's been a lot of closed and... doors along the way, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, our, when we went into the, I won't go into too much, but when we went into, when Ed told Patrick, you know, hey, you know, we need to document this on film, we, we had, we came back, you know, Pat, Pat and I met, and we had this grandiose plan of what we, you know, wanted to do. We needed... 20 crew people to follow us a and, million dollars. and you know we needed 1.5 million dollars oh, to make gosh. it happen and blah 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 and, and slowly but surely and sometimes quickly it was nope yeah. that's not going to happen yeah and what we did is we still focused on our why and about 3 weeks prior to us leaving on our pilgrimage our director said um, can you wait for a year can you guys wait a year oh gosh and we said no, we're going. We're not waiting. Right. We're going. So you're either with us in three weeks or you're not. And you know we weren't mean about it, but we're just like, no, we're not going to wait a year. This is yeah. what we feel we need to do. And it they they called back and said, all right, we're going to make it happen. And they took a huge leap of faith documenting it, oh, and yeah. you know getting and the crew us. to get and in us and a lot of faith in us. crazy. So yeah. it's always a squiggly line. Yeah. I found. Well, um, gosh darn it. It's yeah. Yeah. I nice wish it was. Tidy. I wish yeah. it was. Yeah. I would love tidy, nice. Mm-hmm. You know. Right in the way, but this whole adventure for us before, during, and after has been one gigantic squiggly spaghetti line. Yeah. It's a constant faith exercise. It's been up, down, backwards. Oh my gosh, it's been everywhere. But we still have been focusing on why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's not perfect by any means. Tell us about why. What is the why for you guys? The why? Yeah. You know, I would say that's evolved. Since since the beginning, I mean, the original why was if Justin I and mean, Justin wanted to do this. We had a plan to do a journey together, and we're friends. We want to just continue to have adventures in spite of the limitations Justin has. Yeah, that's not going to hold us back. But that why has evolved into there's so many people who are overwhelmed with fear or doubt, self doubt, lack of, of confidence. You know, just you name it. Everyone has their their junk that they have to deal with, and we found that through this story and through our lives we've been blessed to live, a lot of people resonate with the obstacles that we've overcome, whether it's Justin's obstacles or my own. And they're starting to see that, you know what, okay, in spite of the limitations I face, they don't have to define me. What, what, what really defines who I am is how I embrace those challenges, how I overcome them. And those can only be overcome through inviting people into our story and letting them be a part of whatever it is that we're passionate about, whatever life has given us. And if it's a physical limitation, emotional limitations, you know, a, a single mom, a, a new business venture, an alcoholic, someone who's dealing with addictions, it all comes down to, do you have people in your life that you trust that you can turn to, to help carry the burdens you have? Cause we're not meant to carry any of our burdens alone. Either we got to lay them down, let someone else pick them up or be okay with someone carrying them with us. Yeah. And that's the why. 
is that people will see that that is what makes life worth living. There's no other way to embrace the challenge we have unless we embrace our, our the people who are there to love us. Yeah. You know, and I, and I might I might add to that is I was just in a we were just in California last weekend and I had gotten a conversation with a woman who was saying, oh, that's great. You guys have that. She's talking to me and, and you. And, you know, you guys have that community. You have that, those people in your life to, to help you. And, right, like uh, lucky you. What lucky about you. Me? Like, yeah. I don't yeah. have that, you know. And, I'm a, and, and my, my reaction or my response to that is everyone has the opportunity to have it. Mm-hmm. Everyone. You worked at it. You have to work at it. You have to make an effort to get it. And some people, unfortunately, just have the lens of, well, it's not just landing in my lap, so I don't have it. Whereas we look at it as it's something we have to work for, and you have to go find it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's in a church body, whether that's in a, um, a few friends. If you're yeah. if you're not religious, then if it's like friends, if it's coworkers that you trust, if it's a Bible or a, a book club that you like, if you like to read, if you're in a book club or for yeah, or some sort of like hobby group or. There's always an opportunity to find like-minded individuals. You just have to intentionally. You have to intentionally do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's and vulnerability and risk, and yeah, yeah. it's scary. It's scary, no question. Totally. And you know, it's new. Sometimes yeah. it's new. It's a new situation. You know, I remember coming over here at the very first time, meeting you for the first time, and I met Michael at your house, mm-hmm. but meeting you and meeting, kind of getting involved with um, with small group at that time, and it's new. It's new territory. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Three quarters of people, you know, that were here. Yeah. But you know what? It's cool, man. And now, now look how yeah. how yeah. that's transcribed over the last couple of years. Well, I you know? can't remember what it feels like. We've you know always I mean? known you. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know, and you're like a sister to me, and Michael's like a brother to me, and I love Matthew and and Andrew, and as you know, we'll do it whatever we can to support them, and yeah, you know, how cool is that to expand my horizons as well? Mm-hmm. But I had to be willing to come and jump in and go. Okay, this is new, but I, you know we're gonna figure it out. You know we'll get there. And maybe it's back to what you said about the helping aspect, looking for ways to be a helper in a new situation. How can I come alongside somebody else? And then that gives you a job when you go into a new place, yeah. and you can and look for ways to be a blessing. And then mm-hmm. that begins to build that relationship. Yes. So, well, all of that is amazing and wonderful. And before we get onto the my really arguably favorite part of the podcast with this so close stories because I know Patrick has so many I bet you had a hard time choosing Uh, you know because that's be for real um (laughs) but I really want to know as this this is a whole family adventure right I mean Mm -hmm. your wives have come around this your kids have come around this they sent you off on this big adventure and there's risk and there's all of these things what is the legacy Mm -hmm. and message and just the encouragement that you want to give right. your kids through all of this. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's probably different for each of us. You know? Maybe it's similar. I don't want to speak for you, but for me... Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure oh, about that? Awesome. Um, <laughs> no, I I mean, my wife stepped in and was like, I mean, she had a, a, a remarkable amount of peace when this whole journey kind of unfolded and she's been nothing but supportive and just like, yeah, you do this. So... I want my kids to look back on this story and this journey and just to recognize that sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes, you know, you're following your heart, following what you believe in goes against what anybody else might do. That's okay. As long as as, as you recognize that 
it has to be about a passion about something bigger than yourself. And uh, so much of what this is, has turned into is is a journey that has really impacted a lot of lives. And that's humbling to think about, even to say out loud. And it's a gift that we've been given. But through all that, I want them to recognize that when they have something they believe in, just go for it. To, to take the risk, to be okay with, with, with falling down and getting back up again. Because this journey hasn't been pretty. I mean, we've had a lot of obstacles that have come into play. A lot of times we've had to pivot. And a lot of doors have been slammed in our face. And it's like, okay, well then... That's not a failure. That is an opportunity to look at a, a, a new path. But through all that, to just recognize that it's never too late to embark on a new journey, to go down a new path, but through all that, to let your heart and the love for your fellow man be what guides you. And that ultimately for God to be the one that, that you put all your trust in. And that's what this has all been since day one. Well, and I think that's so mm-hmm. powerful. And I want to get to your answer too. I think it's so powerful in that... I think our resiliency as a society is kind of at an all-time low, and we yes. think that, and, and I think the church can sometimes inadvertently feed that, that if you're doing the right thing, the seas are going to part and sunshine every day, and it's all just going to be this easy road when that's just not scripture, number one, and it's just <laughs> it's not, not real life. And so I, I think it's so, it has, I would hope it'd be so encouraging for anybody that's I know I've got this, but wait, do I have this? And, you know, to just know that just because doors close, just because you trip up a little bit along the way, that doesn't mean your whole integrity of what you're doing is not right or that you're not in the center of what you're supposed to do. I mean, there's been many times where we feel like we want to put our heads through a wall. Oh, sure. I mean, I don't ever recommend writing a book and making a movie at the same time. Right. Bad Um, idea. (laughs) Incredibly difficult. And then also going the way that we did where, you know, the theatrical release, which is a whole nother, like, level. And, you know, it's immense amount of stress. But I'd probably say for me, when it comes to the legacy I want to leave for my kids is a lot of what Patrick, I mean, we're very similar in the, in the mindset of what we want to leave for our kids. But the only thing I'd like to add is that it just takes work. Yeah. It flat out takes work. Yeah. Um, not an easy road. If you really want something, you have to work for it. And a lot of the people that I've met in the past just say, well, you can do that. I can't do that. Hmm. And that's a complete cop-out to me because if your why is strong enough, if you want to do it, you'll figure it out, but it takes work yeah. to get there. Yeah. And, and I hope that my kids can look at what we've been through and is to say, you know what? Okay, yeah, I can dream big and I can do it, but I have to, I have to work at it yeah. to get there. Right. So a lot of the same sentiments. Yeah. But yeah. one thing I would add to that too, which I know is the case for both of us as we talked about this, is when you get the naysayers, when you get the, the doubters and the people that are calling you an idiot for who are you doing, so so mm. what? You yeah. know? And for kids to have that kind of mentality in this day and age, it's, it, it's, it's a rarity. Yeah. And I see that in all six of our kids. Well, my three kids here, three kids, not our kids. That yeah. sounded weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just a, like, I don't care what you think. Yeah. You know? From yeah, there's a whole lot of we yeah. don't care what other people think. Yeah. As long as our why is strong enough and we feel that that's where right. our heart is. And that's if your heart is leading you down a path, don't listen to anybody else. I know it's hard because sometimes you have your spouse or and if you maybe have a spouse that you love that may not believe in it or might not get it. I mean, there's been times along the way where Kirsten didn't understand what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've had to explain to her and said, this is, this is what I feel like I need to, I need to do. Yeah. And she said, okay. Okay, I'll love you enough to, to trust you in that. Wow. And wow. it's it's part of the part of the deal. You yeah. gotta you gotta yeah. keep trusting your heart and follow it. Right. 
Okay, so you have big events coming up, mm-hmm. like big, big events. So if, <laughs> yeah. hopefully people are, are so, at least their curiosity is piqued about this whole <laughs> entire experience and they could see it in real life, living color, yes. on the big screen. Yes, you will see my butt crack on the big screen. <laughs> I mean, if that isn't a reason. You may have just deterred everyone from seeing this. I'm out. Yeah. It ain't pretty, but it's the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, if you, and that is, that's not joking around. So if that's your thing, no, but this whole, this whole journey is so exciting and, and beautiful. And if they want to go see this, when, how, what, tell them how to get, to be able to go sit in a theater. The film is being released nationwide, November 2nd, Thursday, November 2nd. Um, and they can go to allpushyou.com to get one night only their tickets. One, one night only. What's cool about this is that it's not just a film about our journey, We've also partnered with the Muscular Dystrophy Muscular Association uh, to help raise funds and awareness for them. And that, I mean, we couldn't ask for, for a cooler thing to, to transpire. Right. Because, yeah, it's one thing for our film to be shared with everybody and hopefully to inspire people to look at life differently. But when we can tie it to a group or an organization that is actively changing the lives of children and adults and their families who are dealing with diseases like what Justin deals with, that's that's gold. So November second yeah. in theaters, one night only. And uh, while we're sitting in yeah. Boise, this is not just a Boise thing. So no, for anybody is, listening no. across yeah. the United Five, States, five hundred and seventy theaters as of today. And how will people know if there's one near they, them? Go to allpushyou.com. I l l p u s h y o u dot com and click on is it tickets? Get tickets. get tickets. Get tickets in the main nav go. or right below the trailer, which is on the homepage. You can yeah. get tickets. There and then go. on your Facebook page, they can share it with all their friends. All their you friends. have all yeah. of this put posted there that yep. they can yep. share and tell everybody Just, they know. Bring mm-hmm. out a big crowd in every city. Facebook.com slash I'll push you. It's pretty yep. simple. That's pretty amazing. Simple. And yeah. if they're like me and like to read the book yes. before the movie. You have a book before Same the title. movie. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and movie. that's available right now. They don't yeah. even have to wait. Yeah, nope. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, today, like, pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere you can get it. So it's pretty. And cool. you even have audio, right? We do have audio book. Yes, we you. read it. Yes, we read the audio book. So. Oh my goodness! See, you'll get to know us, and then you can really get to know us. <laughs> it was actually really fun to do. Yeah. That is so exciting. So yes, I will post all of that on the show notes, all the that on the on my website, um, mm-hmm. where people have all the links available. But yes, they can. You can. For everybody listening, you can go read the book, and then on November second, we can all bring your friends, family, coworkers, enemies. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just yes, all of that. Everybody. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to enemies. I just, okay. Yeah, sure. All I don't right. like you. We go see a movie with me. Yeah, perfect. Hey. Yeah, exactly. What a hey. way to break down a wall. There we there go. go. Yeah. Probably yep. don't leave with I don't like you. That's yeah. probably a bad idea. <laughs> Anyway. Okay, speaking of funny moments, so close. Yeah. I want to know I want to know your so close moments where you're just thinking this is I got this and then so close. Oh, Not man. so much. Oh, I I can tell you my all-time favorite okay. so close moments. Several years ago we when we were living in San Diego, we were at a our Sunday school group. <laughs> I know our, exactly where this is going. Our sorry. Sunday school group. And um, for some reason, that Sunday, I don't know if it was like a, a holiday or I can't remember, but it was, there was like 50-something people in, in Sunday school class that Sunday. I mean, it was way more than normal. There was like parents in there. There were people visiting from out of town, whatever. And uh, so the teacher, who I've known for quite some time, he asked me to close in prayer, which is... <laughs> 
no big deal. I was like, whatever. Like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, I don't mind. I didn't mind it. So I said, sure. So I start to pray. (laughs) And about halfway through the prayer, I got, I got to, to praying for our pastor to, for the service, you know, Uh to make sure his words were with him or whatever. And I went to say his name completely blank. Couldn't, no. couldn't think of it for the life of me. Oh now I got gosh. 50 people in the room waiting on my words. Oh my god! And I could not, I mean, I couldn't even, and it just, and it just went downhill from there. <laughs> it was just, I couldn't get my words together. It was just this nightmare of a prayer. I was oh cobbling together. Gosh. And by the time I got towards the end, I was like, well, bye. <laughs> I'm out. Peace out. And, and Kirsten turns to me, she said next to me, she's like, Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is so close. So close. So close. close. Oh, man. That's hilarious. I was never asked to pray again. Right. Because bye. Yeah. Because bye. Or maybe forgetting people's names, too. Pastor, whatever. Yeah. Whoever he is. Just what's his name up there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I love that. Those CDs make me so happy because I have them all the time. Yeah. So close yeah. moment. That's one thing that you and I have in common. We oh, have lots yeah. of gas station type moments. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, like, you know, just a couple days ago, I went to a meeting where I was supposed to bring last year's 2017 conference evaluations for us to all review. And I, it's the whole point of the meeting. And I showed up and we start reading them and they're like, wait, what? And then, um, I brought 2016s. Huh. Uh-huh. That's not... That's not oh, these so look familiar. So close. Yeah, so Off close. by one number. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so yeah. this is a weekly, daily occurrence for yeah. me. What are yours? Well, um, I would say for me, I, I, I'm pretty sure you were part of this one. I, 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 want, I want to say that's you were... even better. ...leading Bonus. worship that day. But after the serv- or service come to a close, I was playing guitar on the worship team, and we got called back up, and I was in the back, and everybody else was kind of closer to the stage, and... I don't know. I, I was I was late getting up there, and so I'm hustling to get up onto stage. And it was a worshipful moment. And I'm taking the stairs two at a time and thinking I should grab my guitar, throw it on. We're good. And I catch my toe on the last step, and I totally just like face plant oh my on the stage. And if that wasn't bad enough that you know, you're just fall down on your face in front of 400 people, for some reason I took it upon myself to hop back up and raise my arms in the air and say, I'm okay. <laughs> and then grab my guitar. And it's like... Moment is ruined. Completely right. over. Exactly. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's... So close. So funny. I thought you were going to share the story about when you started the song in 3-4 that was actually oh, that was a good one. 4-4. Four, four. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that, we you were leading. swung yes. that puppy all the way through. In three, we, yeah, four. yeah. Do not do a song written... In one time signature in another. Oh my god! Especially, it doesn't sound right. Yeah, was, people are like, "I'm no musician." I think this. But I can yeah. tell you, it doesn't sound right. Oh and you look gosh. at me like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "What?" But we just went with it. I mean, we just yeah. kept it the whole entire yeah. time. In That's hindsight, it. you should have said, "Hey, let's stop. Let's try that again." Yeah. You could have thrown your hands up in the air. I should. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that's the best. Yeah. Lots of so close moments with Miss Julie Turner. Oh, Mrs. Julie Turner, sorry. No, that oh, that sound makes me sound old. But yes, lots of so close moments. <laughs> yes. yes. Sorry. Which but thank you for that. I'm Mrs. <laughs> old Julie Turner. <laughs> that I did not say anything about your old. That was all you. <laughs> 
Oh, this has been so, so fun. And oh, one last thing. You said you have a new thing that you're releasing soon on gratitude. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. We want to yeah. join everybody in so on that. Early October, so we are launching a what's called a gratitude campaign um, around, uh, it's kind of leading up to the release of our film on November 2nd. And it's a really, really, I think it's going to be really fun, and hopefully it'll be well-received. That's our, our hopes. But it's, uh, in a nutshell, we're encouraging everyone to write a letter or a note of gratitude or thanks to somebody who has pushed you in life. And identify at least three people. And you could do it via social media, and you just tag that person, write your note of, of why you, you know, you're, you're grateful for them or for, for pushing you in life. And you know, just tag I'll push you at, at, at I'll push you in there somewhere. And maybe bring, them, maybe bring that person or encourage them to go see the movie on, on uh, November 2nd. That would be yeah. really fun. And we have a, a letter writing kit that we created that's oh, also nice. available. So if you, you want to send a vintage text right. <laughs> to someone. A vintage that's text. So a vintage awesome. text. Pen and paper. Pen, with Imagine pen and paper that. actually writing. You know. And they can get that when on was the website? Last, yeah, you'll yeah. be able to get it on our website. And, um, you know, it's just it's going to be one of those really cool things where, you know, it's a it's a... A letter and an envelope all in one. So I mean, really, old. super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, we're excited to be launching that and so getting that out. Letter and envelope in one. So they yeah. write the letter, and how is it then you the just envelope? Seal it up, folds up, okay. folds up, and slap stamp a stamp on it. Stamp off on it goes. Off you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And then you hashtag, or how does it link everybody together? So if if so I, like, I do that, if you if you actually send it out, it, it lets them know that the film is you know in, in theaters November second. But as far as the post, or you can do a video post thanking somebody as well. Just tag the person that you're thanking and tag I'll push you, just at I'll push you. Okay. So we can really, I mean, we would like to just demonstrate and the message that, of the yeah, post, yeah. And the message of the post, yeah. But demonstrate that there's a community of individuals who really appreciate all the people that have, have impacted right. each one of us. You know, we, we can point back to any point in time where we're proud of something that we've accomplished, and we can look at probably a host of individuals who have mentored us, who have taught us, who have given us words of strength or just lived a life or written their words out that have given us a perspective on how to tackle the world and tackle the life we live in a, an effective way and thank them. Yeah. Let them know that you have impacted me in a profound way. You pushed me to be a better person. Right. Your boss. There yeah. you go. Oh, absolutely. You know? like, oh, he's getting so one. exciting, right? Yeah. yeah, there's no question. And who doesn't want a shout out on social media yeah. or a... Or handwritten a letter. Handwritten How cool is that? Letter? When was the last time you received a handwritten right? letter from someone? Not very often. It's right. Very, When's the last art. time I wrote one? Yeah. Right. No, yeah. this so is all It's a so challenge. Great. We're going to yes. challenge people to it's do like it. It's like the, so. the whole ice bucket challenge. Ice bucket challenge, yeah. I mean, everybody can rally together and we can become this big group of thankful people. Yeah, when you when you tag someone on social media, hey, I'm thankful for you. I'm challenging you to do the same thing. Pick right. three, three to five individuals that have impacted you and thank them. I love Show the that. world that you are grateful. Well, I'm going to start right now with a verbal letter. All right. I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful <laughs> for your friendship. And I'm thankful that you pushed me because I'm such a starter. I'm not a very good tender. And so if I hit bumps in the road or things I don't know how to do or don't understand, even in my little whatever world, podcast world, music world, I love that you push me to keep going instead of just starting something new you say you know keep at it keep working hard and keep doing this thing so thank thanks you. Jules yeah. you and your family I can there. write it yeah. down too okay. <laughs> that works yeah that's my yeah. that's what that's we got our first yeah. verbal <laughs> podcast yeah. gratitude thank there you. it is there it is no, thank yeah. you so we'll give you credit yeah no this is the best okay so I will post all of this online for everybody 
I wish that everyone listening could see my husband trying to be a part of this. I think he's a little jealous that he's not invited. He's, (laughs) I can't even say what's happening in my home. (laughs) No, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you for, Patrick can't breathe now. (laughs) You are all so glad this is not a video podcast. We're in trouble. uh, Yes. So. You, I love when you're speechless. Like, you can't even talk. Oh, I, I can talk. I'm just not sure it's <laughs> appropriate filtering. for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here. I love Absolutely. your story. I love what God's doing through it. I, I hope it's. I hope people go check out your website and the film. I hope we can all just gather together across America and pop popcorn and watch this incredible journey on the big screen on November 2nd. Yeah, we're excited. And get out our pens for our thank you notes. Yes. Good, good time. All right. Love you guys. Thanks, Jules. Jules. Thank you so much. Well, I sincerely hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. I think it is so inspiring what they're doing and how they encourage each of us to just go out and be present and look for ways we can be helpful and cheer each other on to the next endeavor. I will have all the links we talked about posted on the show notes and on my website for you to check out. And I hope we all go out together on November 2nd to see this incredible film. Thanks, everyone. I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Made for This podcast.